The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. Hello, 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 and welcome this morning to our version of The Break. Brian brought us here with uh, Patrick Walker today and Nick Harris. As you notice, no Amber Garcia or no Derek Eagleton. Changing things up. So they, what they did is they put football guys together today. <laughs> yeah. They let's said, let's it. let's get all the football guys together and try and figure this thing out. That's tough. How you gentlemen doing today? Doing Everybody well. good? Yeah. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's been a while. I think... Uh, Especially in the new studio, getting to host. Mm-hmm. You know, Derek last night. Derek's one of these guys that'll ask you to host. Like he'll call you like at eleven thirty at night. You know, and say, "Hey, uh, <laughs> that's when I got the text about yeah, this show." Yeah, too. and, and thank you, thank you for answering the text. <laughs> I appreciate you, uh, Patrick. Is Patrick and I are we're we're married to this show, so we appreciate you looking at the bat signal and then showing up for showing up for work today. But uh, we should have a lot of fun with this crew. I uh, kind of want to do a couple of things if I could today, guys. If I could get these brand new computers we have working here, I, it's got to be got to be a little bit careful. Uh, but I, in the uh, I want to I want to dive into this Giants matchup a little bit and get some of your thoughts on some things that maybe maybe we haven't talked about. Is there is there something in your mind and and uh, about listen we're focusing on this but maybe we need to focus a little bit more on that. We'll do that in this uh, the first segment here today. Second segment I'd like to take the fans questions. Uh, this is something that we do when I'm on 105.3, the fan. Always a good time. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, if you want to, you want to text in your questions. We will, we will read them in the second half, and I'll get my experts here to answer those questions for you. <laughs> experts. If you don't, uh, if you don't like their answers, uh, don't blame me. You could blame them, but they're used to that, right? Uh, we're 100%. all used, We're all used to getting blamed yep. for this stuff. We stand on our heels. And then in the third segment, I, I do. I have some questions for myself, and it's a little bit of a. Kind of on the Friday segment uh, that we do, usually Amber Garcia comes up with a really kind of a fun segment on the uh, the final uh, final segment of the day of the show, and uh, and then we'll get our game predictions. Mm-hmm. By the way, you guys hate game predictions. It, it, it's fun. I mean, it makes you think, and I always love to, to think. I love things that make me think. So yeah, yeah. you're never right though. Like it, yeah. always trying to predict the score. Like it's it's always just kind of like a. I nailed it once. Like, uh, I hit the nail yeah. on the head 13. once this season. Really? But I mean, it'll be one which out. Of, uh, what was that? Two, three games? Was it Rams? Yeah. Rams. I can't remember which. That was one a it scoregami. Was. That would be really impressive. That was, no, it yeah, wasn't. That. It wasn't Rams. Then. Okay. It was okay. Char- it was Chargers, okay. 2017. It okay. was Chargers, 2017. Okay. But I mean, it's it is like it's you said, a, it's one out of like yeah. 17 regular season games, <laughs> and I'll I'll never be able to predict a playoff game because they never go the way I want them. To go. <laughs> never. <laughs> <do that. laughs> the, the one thing is, uh, have you uh, have you had the experience yet of uh, picking against them, yes. and then getting on the plane? And going through the front of the plane with the coaches and all that sitting there, and everybody, you know, because everybody year. acts like they don't listen and they don't hear what you're saying. Well, they do. Or they read, 
they know every damn word you're they saying do. today. Last <laughs> every year, word they uh, know. First game, first game against Philadelphia, which was in Philadelphia. I picked against them, and I picked Philly to win. And unfortunately, I was right. Philly yeah. went on to win. So, yeah. um, thankfully, didn't get any any flack or side eyes going onto the flight yeah. or coming off of the flight. But I mean, you got a job to do. You got and, a job to do, and they're not going yeah. to go seventeen and zero. Right. So the losses are going to come from somewhere. You just right. got to pick and choose which ones you really think they're going to yeah. take that L on. That's yeah. All. Yeah, typically you just get on the plane, put the blinders on, and I'm just there like, you all go. right, 20B, there I straight, straight to the, to the <laughs> Looking for the goodie bag. Yes. Looking for the goodie exactly. bag. Straight to the fruit snacks like, in the water. Yeah. What do they have there on the entrees go. today? Meanwhile, yeah. like, what you know. What's on the entertainment? <laughs> yeah. Just keep focused. That's right where here. me and Hillman always got in trouble. We'd get on the plane, I'd follow him in, and, and the, we'd go through that section, and Garrett and all those coaches would be looking <laughs> at us like, okay, I saw you picked the, you picked this week. And then it, there was really like, and then you would get back on the plane coming home and say you were right. Then that's where nobody really kind of you just kind of took your tie and undid it and yes, walked your like, seat. That's where you're trying to make eye contact. Yeah, that's yeah. where you're like, I yeah. told you, uh-huh. SOBs. That you guys keep that energy. <laughs> Hashtag keep that energy. That is the truth. Okay, guys, we've we've talked about that. The Giants are a team that's they're wounded in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've struggled at quarterback. They've dealt with various injuries along the offensive line. Their, their defense is very blitz-happy. We've talked about all those things. Is there something about this matchup that you're looking at like, listen, I think there's a storyline here, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to kind of follow it. Is there something that that it, you're just you're just kind of well, maybe I could I'm, I'm keeping an eye on this because at the end of the day at, on Sunday I'm going to write about this. Is there something what you, you, got, what you got? There are a couple of things. I'm only going to steal one because I feel like you might have another one. Um, I, I'm looking at Brandon Cooks. We we look at the secondary for the Giants this weekend, and not only are they young and inexperienced, they run more man coverage than anybody in the entire NFL. So uh, there should be an opportunity for a speed weapon like Brandon Cooks to be able to get over the top of this defense. You know, I would love to see a triple yard day from him. I think that would be huge. Uh, we actually made a bet this morning. Me and Isaiah stand back. I took the under just because I haven't seen it so far this season. He took the over, but um, yeah. I think there's a really good opportunity here for Dak Prescott and Brandon Cooks to find some symmetry, and I, I, I hope I can see it. Um, the thing with C.D. Lamb that's just been so awesome in these last three games is the timing, and yeah. uh, I, I know timing takes a really long time, and it's it's something that will take years to build. But when you have a veteran like Brandon Cooks, that that process can be expedited because he's played with so many different quarterbacks. He's played with uh, this very exact offensive system multiple times, going back to his college days at Oregon State. Even uh, there should be opportunities for him to take advantage of this Giants defense, and that's the biggest thing I'm looking at going into Sunday. For me, I'm going to I'm going to look at the, the the injury situation to Kevonte Turpin. Uh, we'll see what the injury report looks like today on Friday, but yeah. uh, he's trending toward not playing against the Giants. So for me, that throws Deuce Vaughn right into the mix for me. Okay. I think this is going to be if Turpin uh, is held out or, you know, even if he's not held out and Deuce uh, is not on the inactives list for insurance purposes, I think this is a good opportunity for us to see not only as a returner what Deuce Vaughn can bring to the table, maybe, you know, earn himself the right to escape the inactives for the rest of the season but offensively as well some of those turpin packages how does that mix out as far as you know where do you want to put deuce how do you use deuce in that capacity i think some of those reps offensively will probably default to brandon cooks in this game to try to get him going um but as far as versatility in the backfield maybe this is a game when turpin is out maybe it's deuce fawn on a jet sweep or something like that so be real interested to see if turpin doesn't go exactly how they utilize deuce vaughn because they've not been able to 
kind of figure that out just yet, which is why he's been inactive the past several games. Patrick, I know that you always do a great job of when we, we have our show with the break and we start off with, we always do the injury things. Is yes. there some things you want to update about any injuries and stuff like that? The injury that I was worried about was the bell injury. Right. And that was the calf, right? And, calf. and I reached out to somebody about that. But if you want to go ahead and, 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 and kind of run through what you got on your injuries, that would so be great. So there were no changes on yesterday's injury report over Wednesday. So you're still looking at Marquise Bell limited with the calf, as you mentioned. Right. Um, Osa still limited with the hamstring, something else to keep an eye on. Uh, Tyron Smith still battling the illness, did not participate. But we've talked about that yesterday. Right. Sounds like that's just going to be the plan for him. And Kevontae Turpin, like we're talking about right now, he was DNP. Uh, he was outside of pads yesterday. He's trending toward not playing, barring a surprise. But uh, Marquise Bell and Oso Digizua, those are the ones that you kind of want to keep an eye on because although they've practiced and they've not been DNP'd yet this this week, uh, it obviously there's something nagging them there that could kind of affect their play against the New York Giants. So what are you hearing, Brian, as far as the yeah, conversations you've the, the, one, the one that I was really, really concerned about was the Bell one. Mm-hmm. And in talking to some people in the organization about that, he's trending, as you would say, in the right way. Yeah. Uh, as far as and the, the Cowboys have had some bad luck with these calf injuries and stuff like that. I mean, it, you always worry about... Donovan to start training? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like, oh, no, don't worry about it. And the next thing you know, it these guys are out. You know, They miss entire training camps and stuff like that. But I was hearing from Bell that, that actually that he had a, had a good day yesterday. Nice. And they're, pro, uh, they're progressing in the way that maybe... Uh, that 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 they will get him to the game on um, on Sunday because I think I can't I can't imagine them being as light as they are at linebacker mm-hmm. and him not being able to play yeah. versus I mean, and, Saquon Barkley yeah against yeah. Barkley and all that it, it, can, talk about him you know the, the rookie class has struggled with uh, you know with with. The contributions to mm-hmm. you know and and and, and that's going to happen. We we always, we love the way the Cowboys draft, except for uh, butter. Yeah. Butter is butter. Butter is butter. <laughs> I forget he's a rookie. Yeah, but the but the, the rookie class, you know, we're 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 halfway finished the year, and it, it kind of is what it is right now. Mm-hmm. But talk about guys like with with what you said with Bell and and what your expectations for him were uh, at training camp to where he is right now for uh, for your. Uh, your team. Yeah, it's it's being able to step into that second level. I think if you had told me even in the second week of training camp, hey, he's going to be your starting linebacker for a majority of the season and he's going to fill in and do yeah. a great job, I'd be like, all right, so what else are you smoking? Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Pass it around if you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, what he's been able to do as uh, an undersized linebacker and, and come in and fill these running holes, he's done such a great job with it. I mean, he's he's showing a lot of, a lot of experience in that way. And, you know, we were able to talk to him going into his first start as as a linebacker and just being able to talk about that that transition and he was like I actually did this at Florida A and M I had did. to step in and do this a few times yes, and whenever Dan Quinn brought me in for the first time after I got signed he, he pointed to that and he's like that's that's the reason you're here so um, they're able to manifest that in only his second season um, you know an undrafted free agent not playing like one and um, I, I think if we if we're highlighting our expectations from training camp in mm-hmm. this sense. I also want to highlight Wanye Thomas in that same exact oh, yeah. way. Oh, yeah. Just because he's been able to show a lot of similar things. I'd not like to get to him too, yeah. Yeah, not necessarily as like a safety linebacker hybrid, but more so as a safety guy who has just been awesome in coverage whenever he has been on the field. Uh, for some reason, we haven't seen him the last couple of weeks, but whenever he is on the field, he's, he's making an impact. The thing for me with Bill um, and both of those gentlemen, and great job on them kind of staying the course through the practice squad stint last year as a rookie, uh, never dropping their head, never dropping 
dropping their chin. They, you know, just continue to work. But with Bell, the thing was last season, uh, he was being bred in the same lane as a Donovan Wilson and what Donovan Wilson brings for Dan Quinn. So going into year two, that was my expectation. Um, but of course, then, you know, you draft Overshone and you create packages for Overshone, but then you lose Overshone. But you don't want to lose those packages. So Marquise Bell, uh, Dan Quinn taps into what he saw with him at Florida A&M. And to say that it's worked magnificently is a gross understatement. I mean, he stepped up, he stepped up big. Um, and it's, it's wild to me. To, to see players like that because let's be honest and we've seen this over the course of yeah. the past few years as yeah. far as covering the Cowboys flex doesn't always work in right. your favor yeah. Okay? Yeah. it's actually worked against the Cowboys yes. in a lot of instances yes. Yes. but with Marquise Bell it's working out perfectly so now the question becomes uh, and it's a fun question to have and it's foreshadowing for 2024 but when Overshone comes back what do you do with Marquise Bell there like do you drop him back and, and try to keep him as the safety and put him back in that Donovan Wilson lane as far like the protege to Donovan Wilson, or do you just try to figure out, you know, how to play those guys alongside each other, keeping in mind Damone Clark is taking strides as well. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Leighton Van Der Esch, presumably he'll still be a, a Dallas Cowboy in 2024. So uh, love what I'm seeing from Marquise Bell. But like you said, if going into this season, you had told me that he would have to be a convert to linebacker and he would not only do well, but he would impact yeah. games. Go back and look at the the Chargers game. He helped bottle up Austin Eckler right. fantastically. Um, I would I would say the same thing thing pass whatever you're smoking because uh it's just some good stuff uh, i think a question you would have to ask even sooner when it comes to 2024 a question you would have to ask even sooner when layton is healthy do you still get him reps and do you still rotate him in him being marquis yes exactly we've been talking about it on talking cowboys this week at what do you do there? Because you have a defender who has been so awesome in the run game. He's athletic enough to be able to step back into yeah. coverage. He does some things that Leighton Van Der Esch can't do just because of his athleticism, his leanness. Do you, how, how do you work that out? I, I think, think the th- only thing that I, I have qualms about is you can't replace Leighton Van Der Esch's presence. And, and, and that, that's, that's the biggest that's thing That's my thing. Is you, it's complete deference to LVE at mm-hmm. that point. And it's not – yes – there are things that Marquise Bell is more athletic in than Leighton Van Der Esch, but it's presence, it's IQ, it's he's your green dot, it's right. his ability to control and read pre-snap and communicate those things in real time. Veteran savvy that thing, you know, Marquise Bell just doesn't have yet because he doesn't yep. have those reps and those stripes just yet. So interesting conversation, and I'd love to see how it shakes out, but for me, Leighton Van Der Esch comes back, that's who's going right back. And you don't siphon any of those, or at least not more than a handful of those reps away from him to get Marquise in. The bigger question is, how do you figure that out as far as the splits between, like, Damone and Marquise, for example? Uh, assuming Rashawn Evans is still on the roster, right. how do you figure that out? But when LVE comes back, his role is still his role, in my opinion. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, uh, the thing with, I, I think having Van Der Esch on the field is is huge. Yes. We'll see how that all plays out. It, I give Dan Quinn a lot of credit. Give Bell a lot of credit. It, when Dan finds ways to get guys involved, he's got ideas for players and how to play them and where they need to be, where they need to be placed. I, I give him a lot of credit as a former scout. I I would love to work for a guy like Dan Quinn because I know if I bring him a player. He'll find a way to use him in the right way. I, I just like it. Like, hey, coach, this this is kind of like my vision of what I saw on the player, and and he, you know, and then you you kind of present that he gets on your team, and then Dan finds another way yeah. to use him, which is even bigger than the role that you had envisioned for him. I was going to ask about Wanye Thomas, and I, I know these safeties are pretty locked in to you know when you start to talk about Hooker and Curse and Wilson. How do you get Wanye Thomas on the field more? I, to me, 
I see a smart guy that plays personal protector on the punt. That's the guy that, that, that calls out the blocking scheme, makes sure everything's solid up front. He's physical. He's tough. He's smart. He, he tackles well. How do we continue not to see him? It's always special teams reps, and I get it. You're, you're going to sacrifice snaps for guys that are starters, but I'm to the point now where I'd like to see him play some more defensive snaps, and I know your team's fighting for division titles and stuff right now, but I'd like to see him play a little bit more in these games. Am I am I doing what you're saying? Am I smoking something? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, you look at an opportunity against the Giants this week, and uh, big spread, 17 points. It's the largest in the NFL so far this season. If everything goes to plan in the first half, you'll be able to try some things out in exactly. the second half. And in the second half, I want to see Wanya get thrown in there. I want to see him at safety. I want to see him at nickel. I, I, yeah. he's, he's athletic enough to play Cover. press man coverage. Yeah, and, yeah. And, saw some of that at yeah. Tech. Yeah. And, and do some awesome stuff with it. I, I know a big question mark around this entire team right now is if one of these corners goes down, who steps up? And if, especially if it's Jordan Lewis, what do you do there? Do you move Bland inside yeah. and then you put Nation Wright on the outside? You leave Bland out? I want to see what it looks like with one yay at nickel because if you're able to keep Bland on the outside, if an injury does happen, <laughs> then you can put one yay in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can keep one yay on there and you can trust him in that sense. And he hasn't done anything, at least in my eyes, whether it be in the preseason or in his opportunities in the regular season, to tell you otherwise. He's only uh, engulfed trust on every opportunity that he's had. And we saw a lot of him early in the season. It had me thinking that he was going to be the key rotational piece in that secondary. And then... I don't know. The last couple of weeks, those those opportunities have just been taken away. I don't know if that's matchup based or what, but uh, it's just something to keep an eye on for sure. Well, we're not not dissimilar from the defensive line situation with like Sam Williams, for example. Dan yeah. Quinn has such an embarrassment of riches at that particular position, <laughs> defensive line and safety as well, that it, it becomes difficult to try to figure out how, to your point, how you get these guys like Wanye reps over a guy like J. Ron Curse. Right. When you know what J. Ron Curse brings to the table, you know what Millie Cooker brings to the table, and you absolutely know what Donovan Wilson brings to the table. Um, it's it's I'm hard pressed to figure out how to do that in in that instance I would say let it happen organically um, that could be by virtue of dot 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 right yeah. I'm not yeah, going to exactly. say the word exactly. doing that um, a lot today already great but it also <laughs> could happen. If you handle your business, great point by Nick Harris, if you handle your business and you actually walk these giants out of the stadium like you walk them out of their own stadium in week one, now you start to get in a situation where you can start pulling starters middle of the third quarter, late third quarter. Now you can get these guys in. You can get Wanye Thomas and you can kind of move him around and get him game experience at nickel, which is a, a great one there. What I would counter, uh, what I would rebut with there is I think you would have to wonder if there were dot, dot, dot. Uh, in, in the secondary at cornerback, nickel corner specifically, Izzy Mukwamu. Izzy Mukwamu stepped in, and you look at what he did in the wild card matchup against Tom Brady, kind of like the big slot, big nickel guy, and he played extremely well. So even that goes to the original point of there's such an embarrassment of riches because Mukwamu has a, a high ceiling. But he can't crack the rotation. Right. Uh, Nishan has ability. He can't crack the rotation. And I'm really against right now because Deron Bland is settling in on the boundary. I'm really against moving him back inside should dot, dot, you. dot occur. So you. if you want to start experiencing and if you're the Cowboys and you want to answer that question, blow out the Giants so you can put these guys in in the you know late third and entirety of the fourth quarters. You can find some things out outside of that. If you have to play continuously close games going forward, you're going to have to continue to lean on your J. Ron Curry. 
Hurts yeah. and your Malik Hookers and Donovan Wilsons is going to make it difficult for a guy like Wanye to crack through. But kudos to him because when he's been on the field, he's been mostly fantastic. I'll tell you what, I like what you guys are saying there. I, I just like to see him out there a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I, there's him and Rico Dowdle and those guys. But I understand, you know, coaches, I've always learned this, coaches will, they go with what they know. They, they, you know, they until they until you show them, hey, this is there's a different way to do this. They'll keep going with the guys that they know. So, uh, you know, that's probably why you're gonna see the see what you see right now. All right, we're gonna take our first break. I mentioned we're gonna take your questions. I need you guys to light this thing up. Uh, the podcast text line it's eight one seven two nine zero three two nine eight. I'll give you a chance to grab a pen here real quick. Eight one seven. 290-3298. We're going to take your questions uh, next. Make sure you light them up. We're going to get my experts here to answer them for you, and we'll do that after this break. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. All right, here we go. Tis the season for youth football and dance camps presented by Invisalign. Don't miss your chance to learn from Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and former NFL players at AT&T Stadium on December 22nd and 23rd. Celebrate the holidays with the Cowboys. Register today at dallascowboys.com slash camps. This uh, segment of the break is sponsored by. Who's it sponsored by? Blockchain. 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 I don't. Yeah, I'm not I thought, on the show. I'm okay. sorry. Patrick, <laughs> I thought you were going to help me out. Well, I, was, there. I was waiting for the dean. I'm just oh. here so I don't get fined. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was waiting for the dean. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick was going to throw a blockchain. I was, I was waiting for the dean. Beaver right. had to bring in the dean. Uh, following us today, by the way, Mick Shots at noon. My buddy Mickey Spagnola's got his show. Check them out at noon. Uh, make sure that that'll be a lot of fun with those guys. I'm going to give you that number one more time. Because we do need your help on this segment if you want to get your question answered. By the way, leave your name and where you're texting from, too. 
You know, make you famous. Eight one seven one way or another. Yeah, yeah. Make you famous one way or another. Eight one seven two nine zero three two nine eight. Once again, eight one seven two nine zero three two nine eight. My guy Nick Harris is going to handle the questions aspect of this. Patrick's got his computer up too, so uh, Nick, fire away. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. They are rolling in. There we go. I'm That's what I like to see, with, folks. Uh, I'm going to start with one from the two one zero. Shout out to San Antonio, Texas, beautiful place. Um, good morning. Do you think putting Micah in the middle helps this defense with Van Der Esch being out and Clark not being a difference maker? I believe it's easier to scheme against Micah when he's on the edge. Your thoughts? So a couple of things I want to address in the question itself first before we answer it. I, I believe he's asking putting Micah in the middle as a pass rusher coming yeah. off the top as like a zero tech or a one tech that he's right. done at times. Um, I will say Clark not being a difference maker, I don't necessarily agree with that. You sure. look at what he's done uh, in the run game and being able to just do his job. I, th- I think when it comes to just doing his job and staying out of the way, he's done a good job of doing that. I, I, is he the most impactful player on this defense? Absolutely not. Um, but he he serves a very viable role and he's done a good job with that role in this season in my opinion. As far as your question about Micah coming down the middle, yeah, there's a, there's a a lot there's a lot you can take away from that um you can't do it too much because the running game is obviously going to attack Micah Parsons on, on a consistent basis and um until he proves that he can be an elite run defender it's going to continue to be that way that's how they flush him out that's how they get him questioning himself in the pass rush that's his biggest negative and obviously that's the thing he's been working on the most so putting him in the middle on a consistent basis that's only going to hurt him there and it's only going to open up more holes in the middle of the field um I, I still like the the uh, distribution that they have putting him in the middle for about eight to ten snaps a game and leaving him on the edge for the other ones um, but as long as you keep him moving that keeps the offensive line guessing and that keeps the entire offense guessing as well yeah definitely disagree on the the Damone Clark statement what I will say is um, Michael Parsons my stance on him hasn't changed from the past couple of seasons in that I love the de- I would love to designate him as W which stands for weapon versatile move him around and now more so than ever you're seeing Dan Quinn not only commit him as a defensive end now yes he's taking some snaps as linebacker because Leighton Vanderish is out but you're also seeing Michael Parsons rush from the left. You're seeing him line up over guards. You're seeing him line up over centers. That's what I want to see from Michael Parsons. That's how I think you make it virtually impossible to scheme against him because it's a game of where's Waldo. And on every snap, you have to try to identify where Waldo is. And the fact that you cannot do that is going to help him eat that much more. Uh, It's going to help free up guys like Osa, Demarcus Lawrence, Neville Gallimore, uh, Jonathan Hankins, and eventually Mozzie Smith as well. Chauncey Ghoston, he's starting to make an impact as well. Go back and look at that Eagles game. So for me, it's about moving Micah around. It's not about keeping him at full-time uh, right defensive end. It's not about keeping him 80% in the middle of the field as an MLB, as a Mike. It's about getting him in positions to help him succeed, and those positions may vary from snap to snap. I love that. Yeah, but i tell you what, though. If he can continue to get centers like Shelton from the Rams who oh, can't yeah. handle one-on-one, <laughs> if you get Kelsey that sometimes not is not strong enough, and then John Michael Smiths this weekend – for the Giants, not a very strong center. If it, I mean, it doesn't have to be every snap, but there's some opportunities if you can scheme him one on one against these centers that aren't very strong. Oh yeah, he embarrasses them. He oh, really yeah. does a great job with that. All right, this, Nick, what this else is you got? a really good one. It's, it's very quick and to the point. Uh, shout out to Mike in Virginia. Thank who, you, Mike. Who is wide receiver two on this team? Hmm. Jake Ferguson. <laughs> that, wide receiver two. That's, that's I not said a, Jake Ferguson. That's not, a, that's not a lie right I now. Said it's what, not, it's I said not. I said what I said. Um, and we, we've said it, and I said it a couple times this week right here uh, on, on this platform. Yeah. Uh, Jake Ferguson needs to be your number two target. He needs yeah. to be your number two look until further notice. I believe Brandon Cooks will organically begin to come along. And, it, you know, he might have an explosive game here against yeah. the Giants going 
going back to Nick's point to start the show. Um, but Jake Ferguson is uh, outside of C.D. Lamb. He's the hottest hand that you have if you're Dak Absolutely. Prescott. So he's coming along strong. He's showing you that he can probably be, you know, as far as potential wise in his trajectory, he could be what Witten was a more athletic version of it, though. But what Witten was to Tony Romo, um, what um, help me out, Novacek was yep. to Troy Aikman, uh, and Dalton Schultz was to Dak Prescott. Yep. But now you you have a situation where you have a younger Jake Ferguson. Dak presumably is going to get into a new. Con- I mean, like let that build, let that cook. So for me, don't force it to cooks. It's going to come on its own, um, and Ceedee Lamb is going to get his. But yeah, it's Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have an answer there? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what? It, uh, me personally, I feel like it, it's Cooks. And I think I think Cooks has had some bad luck with the play calls that have tried. I think they're trying to scheme things for him. Yeah. I just think there's some unfortunate things that have happened that have not allowed him uh, to be the beneficiary of some of the play calls that they're trying to scheme him with. Uh, this is a really quick one. I just want to address. I don't think necessarily we should go. We can if y'all want yeah. to. If y'all have an opinion. Uh, he, first off, he says, "Good morning, handsome gentleman." I that's thank that's you. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, shout out to the six two six Pasadena, California. Um, the, his question is: Jalen Brooks looked amazing during training camp. Wonder if we should give him a try as far as throwing him into the offense. I just want to address this really quick. If Cavante Turpin does not play on Sunday, that's probably the guy that gets activated in, yeah. in his place. Mm-hmm. So um, you might get your wish on Sunday if Turpin is is not playing. Um, as far as another question i had a really good one uh um, thanks everybody out there by the way the number if you want to text in 817-290-3298 leave your name where you're from we'll get you on the get you on the air so this is jose he is from dallas but he's currently active duty in san diego thank, thank you for your thank service how much of a thought do you guys think the coaching staff has given into giving jalen tolbert more snaps over michael gallup or turpin if he's injured in critical downs his development and progress has been great to see thank you i so if you look at the snap counts honestly in the last three mm-hmm. to four weeks he's yeah, starting you're going, to you're right where it. i was yep. going he's with. starting to cut into it already yeah, yeah. um you look at what he did against the eagles this is my opinion. I don't, I'm not going to speak for the coaching staff. In my opinion, you look at what he did against the Eagles, and you have to be able to take away the fact that he can show up in those critical moments. He can be able to deliver you a touchdown drive and a touchdown catch in those moments. Um, if, if trust is the only thing he's given you so far in 2023, right. why not put it back into him? So, yeah. um, For me, I'm with you. I, I would like to see Tolbert get increased opportunities as the year goes on. And, and I agree, and I think, like you said, it's the key word is organic. It's organically happening. Go back and look at the Philadelphia Eagles game. You get an, an early game drop from drop from Michael Gallup and, and kudos to Gallup for recovering and getting those uh, two possession catches down. Um, but you then saw after that, I don't think it was a coincidence that you saw some targets going right. to Jalen Tolbert after that. And then what does Tolbert do? He rewards you with a touchdown and the yeah. penalty drawn. So uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it needs to um, continue to happen. Uh, I don't think we're at the point yet um, where in Jalen Tolbert has surpassed Michael Gallup, but give him an opportunity to compete for those snaps alongside Michael Gallup and, and kind of made the best man win type situation. Well said. Um, this is a um, a question from Double R in the seven three two. Is the issue with the run game scheme slash coaching hmm. or personnel? I'm not inclined to believe TP is a lesser of a running back because of his injury. I, I agree with that second sentence for sure. For me, it's. <sighs> 
for me, it's it's, it's, it's a combination personnel. thing. It's not it's personnel. not personnel. I could say that right off the bat. For me, it's a combination of things. One, it's offensive line consistency. I, th- I think that's sure. been the yep. biggest issue yeah. towards the running mm-hmm. game this season. Guys just being able to stack good reps, and we haven't necessarily seen that on both sides of the offensive line. Right, and we haven't even had all five guys on the offensive line for a consistent amount of time. Um, so that's the biggest thing for me. And also, I think there is a little bit of blame that you can put into scheme and coaching because. I've said this a couple of times this week. Tony Pollard is a phenomenal complimentary back, and there's nothing wrong with that. What are we talking about? There's nothing wrong with that at all. (laughs) Like he he can be that receiving type of scat back that you can throw him out in the slot, even if you want to at times. I don't want to see him downhill every every time he touches the ball. And he's gotten 12 carries in his past two games, each 12 carries in each of the last two games, and going downhill 85, 90 percent of the time. And I just don't want to see him between the tackles every play. Do I want to see it sometimes? Sure, I I will say this every time. I I wasn't the biggest Joe Philbin fan they miss Joe Philbin mm-hmm. they do in my opinion I think that this this group and you know before that was what, who I call running game Moses the Bill Callahan's <laughs> the world and all that but yeah there's something different about the way that they're it I think there's things they're trying to do scheme wise I think they're trying to double team at spots I think they're trying to get guys at second level I think they're trying to do all these things to run the ball better but that Joe Philbin had this crew running the ball a lot better and maybe you maybe you missed the two back way of doing things. That's why I want to see more of Rico Dowdle a little bit. You know, the one big run they had that was the holding play. That was mm-hmm. a well blocked play. They're capable of doing that. You know, they just haven't. You talk about Nick talks about the consistency. They haven't done that enough. But I do think they miss. I do think that that with Mike Solari, and I'm not. I sound like I'm taking a slam at or a shot at him. But I think these line coaches, it's, to me, when you look at the offense and defensive coordinator, the next most important position on your staff is the offensive line coach. And I think there's been a transitional problem here, you know, with them and the and the and the run and the way that they're they're blocking right now. I think uh agreed. And first and foremost, and we're all on the same page when it comes to this, offensive line play has to improve. And we can yeah. say that until we're blue in the face, but that's the fact. Offensive line improve yeah. uh, play improves, you will see the the run game become more effective. Now, secondary to that, but still uh key is something we talked about yesterday. It's complimentary back versus being the R B one. Um with the departure of Ezekiel Elliott, now everyone or most people have what they wanted, which is Tony Pollard as R B one, but you have to understand that that comes with a lot of the heavy lifting, the dirty work, the pass pro, the dirty plays that were going to Ezekiel Elliott. And then over the course of the season, now as we hit week 10, it starts to wear on him. You start to lose a yeah. little bit of that top gear, a little yeah. bit of that home run ability. And now guess who gets to come in with the fresh legs? And now everybody wants to see more of it's Rico Dowdle. Yeah. It's a formula. It's a pattern that continues to, to be prevalent. So whether it be Julius Jones versus Felix Jones uh, and then Felix Jones versus, uh, you know, Lance Dunbar and DeMarco Murray and Lance Dunbar, it's, it's always going to be easier for the complimentary back to come in fresh legs and be a little bit more explosive. So I don't think it's a personnel issue as much as it is just understanding that you're not going to see the 2022 Tony Pollard in 2023. That does not mean he doesn't have the explosiveness, doesn't mean he won't take one to the house. But again, go back and look at the Chargers game, for example. Dak Prescott makes the play kudo, uh, with his legs. Kudos to uh, Tony Pollard for finding a way to get open in the field. He gets that. He rattles it off, turns it into to a 60-yard 
yard gain, but why was it not a touchdown? Right. Because he didn't feel this guy. Sure. In 22 and 21, Tony Pollard feels that guy, and that's a home run. It's just RB1 duties are different, so it wear on you, it wears on you. So all of that kind of goes into play. There are a lot of questions in here about Trey Lance. and um, Yeah, just what, at the last question, if you could. Let's get one more question <laughs> yeah, before we go to break. Yeah, the, there's a progress report that, that they're wanting on Trey Lance. Uh, he, he gets in a pregame workout through, uh, before every single game, about three hours before his quarterback's coach, Scott Tolzien. Um, don't expect to see him this season. That's what I said. We can Stop leave it at that. We can leave it. It at yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think to me, the way Dak is playing, the, you know, the, the, the progress, I think, to what they're asking about is, and this is where, to me, you have like 20-some-odd coaches on staff. There's got to be a plan that they have <laughs> pre-practice, right. post-practice, where they put the scout team receivers or practice squad receivers out there, and they go through things with him. So they're trying to bring him along. He's a smart guy. He's understanding what they're trying to do. Uh, you know, If something were to happen to Dak Prescott, it's going to be Cooper Rush, and then you go from there. It's, it, but yeah, it, there, there is a plan for how he practices and how he gets reps. And, you know, he's just not sitting there not doing anything. They they have a plan for what they need to do. All right, we're going to take our uh, final break, and we'll come back. I got some questions from my guys. Thanks to everybody out there that fired some questions Absolutely. in. I really, really appreciate you doing that. Great stuff. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get some more questions to our guys. Uh, that have a little fun with this. Uh, you're listening to the break. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys. VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Get a frame-worthy family holiday photo with Santa at the Star presented by Monument Realty. Uh, Santa Claus will be at his Cowboys-themed cottage in the Star District from November 18th through December 24th. Book your visit before December 9th and save $5 with code STAR5. Visit thestardistrict.com slash Santa for more info. Okay, we're back here with the break. Uh, we'll do some business about the pod pick, right? Yes. First sack 
uh, either team. Uh, Who's going to have the first sack for either team? Cowboys versus Giants. I'm yeah. going to give it to Tank. Tank. Yeah. Yeah. This morning on uh, Talking Cowboys, I said to Marcus yeah. Lawrence. So yeah, give it to Tank. I'm going to go with uh, Micah Parsons. Like like I'm going to go with Micah Parsons on this. You like that? like how you guys just gave me the path right to the goal line right there. Easy money. All right. uh, In our final uh, five minutes or so here of the uh, break, and and by the way, thanks again to everybody that's listening out there. We really do appreciate you. Uh, Make sure you're checking out all these guys' fine work on DallasCowboys.com. It is a a must-follow, these guys, uh, when it comes to that information. They live in this building. They're around it every single day. You're not going to find anybody better that covers this football team than these guys right here. Appreciate that. All right, uh, questions that I have for my guys. Nick, I'll start with you on this one. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Cowboys player you'd like to have a podcast with? Current or former? Doesn't matter. Uh I think we were asked this a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember. Oh wow! Where. I thought I was breaking news. No, 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 here. not at all. I'm trying. And I said, uh, I said, Cavante Turpin, just because I he's just like a ball of energy at all times, yeah. and I just love people from Louisiana as well. So yeah, throw throw me in a room with Cavante Turpin. We're gonna have some fun. Uh, and you said it could be past, present, whatever. Doesn't matter. Michael Irvin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, podcast with Michael Irvin because not only is it going to be energetic and fun, but you, you, I mean, incomparable football IQ. So. All manner of football, all manner of Cowboys talk. Give me Michael Irvin. I think there was a side of me that uh, that uh, back in the day, like Thomas Hollywood Henderson, way back in the oh, day, nice. when he was with us, and and then uh, and then I think then I, I would think that maybe Micah Parsons. I love what Micah Parsons is doing. With He's his having fun. He's having fun. He's honest. He just says what you know. He says he doesn't care. I mean, he says what he needs to say. So I think it'd be kind of fun to kind of chop it up with him a little bit. All right, Patrick. Game you'd like to be in Mike McCarthy's shoes for, for a day. You're the head coach for the Cowboys for a day in this game. As far as opposition? No, you get to be the head coach of the Cowboys. So okay. you, you, you're you you're the head coach. Okay. Give me the game that you want of the se- this season that you want to be the head coach for. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Mine's the Panthers. I'm, I don't want to coach. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, Philadelphia Eagles because I, I, it's always sweet when the Cowboys can hand the Eagles a loss. Yeah. But if the Cowboys can hand the Eagles, the Eagles a loss and it's me pulling the strings on yeah. that, oh, yeah, that's just early Christmas for me. Nah, give me the Panthers. You I'm, don't want to coach? I'm good. I'm I'm good. Some, yeah, I'd have some I, fun with I, it. I'm okay with putting the guys on the field. I'm not going to tell them what to do, though. No, it's, <laughs> coaching, coaching is fun. Uh, you don't yeah. want to call plays? Yeah, maybe, you know. You get that big old play card, like you know. I, on on Madden, I do coaches play, or I do the suggested plays. Like, no, I'm not. no, see, I want I want the challenge. <laughs> you want the smoke, right? Yeah, I want the smoke. I want the Eagles smoke. Yeah. I respect that. I respect. I kind of feel like that, like that that Eagles game would be a lot yeah. of fun. I think I think a, if you had to do it over, maybe San Francisco to try and kind of figure out navigate that mm. one, even though it yeah. turned in. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about before, you know, right. going into <laughs> not the game, after not, the before. not afterwards. We have to stand up there and answer your guys' questions <laughs> about what happened. But, yeah, I I think the San Francisco game would be an entertaining one for me. All right, Nick. uh, uh, Have you ever been nervous asking a question to Jerry or Steven? Uh, yeah, I'm going to steal the answer from Beam here. It's like, yeah, and asking for a raise. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, there was, there was a moment with, uh, that I had with Steven. It was before, it was before, uh, the season, uh, before they went to training camp. I, be- I believe it was Steven's final availability before they went to training camp. And, um, he was getting grilled quite a bit about the kicker situation at that point. Oh, like, God, yes. Mm. It's like, yeah. hey, like, where's the kicker, basically? Yeah. And, um, and I had, I'd asked him, I was like, is he in the building? <laughs> and I just, I was like, it, is he in the building? Did you ask it real soft? I was like, is he in the building? 
It was one of those moments. How about you, Patrick? Um, I'm going to go with no here simply because, um, and this is giving roses to to Jerry and Steven and just the front office in general. They're yeah. very self-aware. Like yeah. They're very aware. I mean, you see how they, they let us step in here and, and sure. be objective in you our analysis. Sure, rip the team if you want. And yeah. we get an, uh, objective in our written analysis. And so when you walk up and you ask Steven or, or Jerry a question, I mean, they, they know if it's coming off a loss, it's probably going to be a question about how can this team improve. If it's yeah. ahead of the trade deadline, it's, well, you have some deficiencies here. What are you thinking? Um, so I I think because they're self-aware, uh, it makes it easier to have a, a dialogue and a conversation because they're they're rarely defensive. Like I, I've not seen Stephen Jones get defensive. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not often that you could say that when you're talking about those kinds of guys and you know in those type of seats of power. Um, so kudos to those guys. I mean, they're very self-aware. They're very open to questions and they don't run. They don't hide. Yeah, and they're very personable. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. They're, they're easy to talk to. They come yeah. down to your level and it makes it it makes it simple. Yeah, I just remember. Like Down to work, our level. work it. Yeah. Right, you ain't wrong. Yeah, it's not wrong at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> you ain't wrong. When you when you do work for them though, and I've had the experience of being with them in me, I've seen them really mad. You know, both of them yeah. Yeah. really mad, yeah. and it makes you you're thinking like, okay, do I want to ask this question and get them to that level again? Yeah. You know, if you, you come to something, <laughs> do you know, I want to be the reason? Do I really want to be the reason why they're about to lose their minds here? But uh, no, but you're, I think you both are right about it. Is they do they they they. They understand. They understand you have to do a job, you know, and they understand that, you know, not all questions are going to be as long as you're fair. Right. That's just as long as you're fair fair. and respectful, fair and respectful. That's that's all that matters for me. All right. A couple more questions here real quick, if we can. How would you feel, Patrick, if Dak Prescott broke down your job on a weekly basis? (laughs) I would love it. I would love it. Um, it. It would be fun to me and because it goes back to what you said. So it's respect, right? right. Um, we get in here and, and every day we analyze and we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, but it's always respectfully done. So any criticism is always constructive criticism. And, and knowing Dak Prescott and, and knowing how he approaches life, he always looks at it from a constructive process. So I would love for him to step in here and break down me on a play-by-play basis because I know even if I don't agree with everything he says, everything is coming from a constructive standpoint. Um, and I'm not afraid to be coached. I'm very coachable. I've always been coachable my whole life. I've played most um, sports team and individual sports. And, and just growing up in a big family, you have to be able to be kind of like the, the consummate team person. I'm the little brother to somebody, but I'm the big brother to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would love it. Hey, Dak Prescott, if you want to jump in here on this mic and, and break down this week's science lab, uh, <laughs> line by line, let's have some fun with it. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm always somebody who's who's seeking out opinions and yeah. trying to figure out what's what I'm doing right what I'm doing wrong and when you look at Dak Prescott specifically he's one of the biggest competitors in, in the entire league yeah. and we were in the locker room yesterday and he just kind of just stood up and he was like all right who wants to smoke and ping pong like, it's, there it like is. he's just he's always looking for a competing uh, a, a competition so if he has that competing mindset I want him criticizing what I got going on I like what you guys are saying there I, I think it would be interesting for sure to like fun. see how critical he really could be of, of what you're talking about on a daily basis whether I know on our end stuff we're talking like with what I do in 105.3 I'd love to hear him like Broadus, you know nothing about the Mavs. That's terrible <laughs> stars talk right there. You know, you, you're missing the point on the baseball stuff. All right, my final question for you guys. Go-to item in the Star Cafeteria. Oh, man. I, Gosh. I, I will say... Uh, Churros. Yeah, the churros are not a bad. That's not, not a bad. A bad. One. That's 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 not a bad one. They're that's goated. not a bad one. They're goaded. Um, gosh, there's been some meals that we've had down there at times. We had a uh, 
the chicken tenders are the go-to for sure. Uh, but if it, if I had to point to like one day that I had just a phenomenal time in the cafeteria, it was uh, when they had the Hispanic Heritage Day, yeah. and they yeah. brought in just oh, yeah. food from every yeah. yeah. They put their foot country. in that. Oh yeah. my! Yeah, State Fair Day is good too here. It's, it's, it was. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, yeah, the corn dogs and stuff like that. Patrick, yep. you got one? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going with the churros. churros? I, I don't think the churros can be beat um, because not only it, it's not. Like what you'd find at one of the drive-through restaurants, where it's like the four or five. Uh-huh. It, no, I mean it's, it's, it's. it's <laughs> Be careful big. here! Careful here! <laughs> careful! Yeah, you're making me pause. Yeah. Yeah, you're making me pause. And they just um, ooze. They, right. There's there's so much in them. It's yeah. it's great. <laughs> churros. I'm going to leave churros, it that you're way. Leave it with that. Absolutely fantastic. All churros right. Here before we stuff. get out of here today, we always have to have a I score prediction. <laughs> uh, Patrick, score prediction for the Cowboys Giants game. Um, not a trap game. Cowboys going focused. Uh, they do very well in avoiding two game losing streaks. Um, Giants are just downtrodden and they're spiraling right now. I think the Cowboys uh, just walk them out of the building, get up early, and it turns out to be a blowout. My first blowout prediction of the season is right now 46 to 7 on a mm. garbage time touchdown from the Giants. Very nice. I wonder if 46 seven as a score got me as well uh again dartboard 41 13 i think they get out to a big lead like you said i think there's another defensive touchdown this week um definitely looking at a lot of different things so i'm more looking at the intricacies of this game this week and how it can build momentum as the season goes on but i think the cowboys they get out early and they win big Cowboys uh, win this one 30 to 6 nice. is what they do so uh, that's it for our, our time here on the break i want to thank Nick Harris. Thank you, sir. Patrick Walker. Thank, thank you. you guys for allowing me to uh, uh, host today. I appreciate that. I want to thank Chris Beam, and I want to thank everybody out there who listens to the podcast daily. I want to thank all the people that texted in. Uh, as mentioned, we've got mixed shots coming up next for my guys. Uh, we'll see you Monday after with some results and talk about this uh, how this New York Giants game went. Take care. Have a great weekend. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?